Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Today we're going to talk about media addictions. This is something that so many people are dealing with and people are wondering Mm -hmm. what is the recipe? How do we conquer these media addictions? How do we help our children live in this world, but not be so wrapped up in all of the junk that is of this world that is taking over their time, distracting them, getting in the way of their relationships, creating addictions and habits. And so we're going to definitely be talking about that. But before we do, as is tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we are going to talk about a fun family activity. Paige, what type of a fun family activity are you in the mood for today? Oh, you know, I'm always one that has a sweet tooth pretty much all of the time. Um, And so (laughs) something that we used to do when we were growing up, especially around this time of year as we're recording, it's, you know, almost February and usually around Valentine's Day and such, we would make homemade candies. And this looked like homemade Reese's peanut butter cups or homemade suckers Um, stuff like that. And it was always really fun. It gave us a lot to do, uh, something to do for a a period of time. And they were always delicious afterwards. Yeah. Well, and they're fun to deliver to people. So if you want something unique to deliver to people with Valentine's day coming and to show people love candies are the way to go. I remember sending candies to friends that live in other countries, like, you know, clear across the ocean. I'm like, here's some homemade candies I've made. And they were like, wow, thank you, you know, to get a, a, a Tupperware full of homemade candies in the mail was just a kind of a treat anyway. And so yeah, fun things to do there. And while you're making homemade candies or maybe sugar cookies, some of the things that we do around Valentine time, what about also making homemade Valentine's and starting to plan some really cool homemade Valentine's that you can start to make too. So there's multiple ideas for you now. Uh Oh, what are we going to say next time? Anyway, but I think that, (laughs) I think that just starting to get that homemade creativity going, get those juices flowing in this direction of loving each other. What a beautiful thing that that can be. All right. So let's talk about media addiction page. What is, what does it look like? I know that people talk to you when, you know, you're out and about when you have mentor calls with them and you're doing things on the teaching self-government, uh, course, as you're helping people through that. And of course I hear about media addictions all the time as well, but what types of things do you hear as far as people are telling you what it's looking like, what they're dealing with? So recently I've had a chat with a couple moms and they have mentioned to me, you know, it's just so hard because that's all they want to do. And when we, you know, take screens away or turn them off, all my kids do is scream and screens is the only thing that keeps them from screaming. Yet we know that it's actually the thing causing the screaming. And so we don't know what to do. You know, Mm -hmm. can you give us some advice? Um, And some other, another mom was saying that, She knows that screens are making her kids more angry and irritable and um, that it's making them behave less friendly with each other as siblings. Okay. So this is totally true. So when my first child Quinn was just a little one 
and Paige was a baby and I needed sleep. Okay. Just extra sleep because sometimes you just feel like you never get enough when you're a young mom, he would wake up in the morning and I knew that if I put him in front of Winnie the Pooh, so Disney's Winnie the Pooh, I could get another 40 or 45 minutes. It was something like that, that the episode took of sleep. And this was invaluable. So I would go out and in the family room, I would put it on. He would sit there perfectly happy. I would go back into my room and I would sleep an extra little nap. And then he would come and he would tell me that it was over. I have to admit, occasionally I went out and I started it again. <laughs> and that is such a bad thing to admit, but it's true. I did. Cause sometimes I thought, Oh, I'm just so tired. You know, Paige was screaming or whatever. And, and he's so happy, you know? Okay. So one day I got plenty of sleep. He woke up in the morning and he came into my room and he said, mom, Pooh bear, let's watch Pooh bear. And I said, Oh no, we don't need to watch Pooh bear today. We're going to do this and this, and here we go. You know? And, and all of a sudden I have all of these ideas of what we're going to be doing together. And we start moving. Whoa he came alive. All of a sudden he was discussing more, exploring <laughs> more, talking to me about more things. He was learning like crazy. And I thought, how come this doesn't happen any of the other days? And so then of course, deductive reasoning, I'm like, wait, what was different today? <gasps> the TV. So then the next day, I did Pooh Bear again, this time on purpose, because now I'm doing an experiment, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, Pooh Bear. And then I tried to do the same kind of things and, and like bring in some new learning activities with him. And he was just kind of like, eh, just like not there. He, he wasn't invested. He wasn't interested in it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So then next day, no Pooh Bear. And he's like, oh, mom, look at this and let's make this. And his brain was firing completely mm -hmm. and he was on all cylinders. And I thought, oh boy, we cannot watch TV in the morning. Like ever again, no more Barney, no more dragon tails, no more Arthur, the aardvark and no more Pooh bear. You know, those <laughs> were the things that he was saying. I was like, we are done. And then we get to that next day and he wanted Pooh bear again. Cause why? Cause it was a craving to have Pooh bear. And I said, no. And I remember him having a tantrum and me thinking, oh man, if I just put him in front of Boober, he would not have the tantrum. And I thought, but no, this is a sign he is dependent upon this, mm -hmm. you know? And when, and by the way, when your teenager gets an attitude problem, that's actually a tantrum. Okay. <laughs> so it's the same. It, it has evolved. Different. Yeah. It's just uh, now a little bit more mature looking, but in the end, it's still a tantrum. So when your child is giving you this grief about it and they're like, oh, but mom, but this and that, and, and they're grumpy and they are telling you that is exactly what they don't need. They are giving you a message. So um, what did I do? I did some tests and then we removed it. We actually fully removed it. I know that some people maybe don't want that to be what they do. They maybe want to have other options. And so some people 
you know, are considering different options. And we're going to talk about some of those options. We're going to also talk about what works and what doesn't work and maybe some skills that you can use and you can help your child use to really work on this addiction, no matter their age. So we've been talking about little ones because that's how it started for me. And I made a drastic choice with TV when my children were little, and that was, we're going to have none. We're going to have none. We will have one night a week that we watch a family movie night and that is it. And on that one night a week, when we watched a family movie, guess what they were always asking for after the one movie, a second movie (laughs) because they want the stimulation. So, so let's talk about addiction or let's talk about the media just in general. So the media stimulates, all right. It starts to conduct certain parts of your brain that offers this stimulation. It makes it so you can be lazy. You don't have to do a whole lot of thinking or anything. It controls your thinking for you. Okay. So this is what was happening to my son every morning when he was little, he was getting his thinking controlled by something else. So he was going into a very passive state. And then when I wanted him to get active and learn, he was like, eh. I mean, if that's not a reason not to watch TV in the morning, I don't know what is. And in fact, yeah. this has been studied. I mean, this no, and I've noticed that this happens with this. me too. Like as an adult, if, if I choose to say, scroll through social media for a few minutes, at the very beginning of my day, the rest of my day does not go nearly as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you just get up, like for me, if I get up, go into my office, read my scriptures, say my prayer, start doing my stuff, do my exercise, talk to my children, whatever, you know, all those kinds of things that are like active things that I do. Boy, I, I accomplish so much in my day and my bonds with people are just so real and so vivid. But if I'm constantly going back to a device for everything for the day, I'm with you, Paige. You just feel a little bit like checked out kind of. Yeah. So most days when I know I have a lot to get done, I have to tell myself the night before, okay, no, you're not going to look at Facebook. You're not going to look at Instagram. You're going to go wake up, feed Clara, you know, then do your scripture study, then do like 30 minutes of cleanup. And then you're going to go do your homework and start cracking down on that because I'm a full-time college student right now. So, and my, wow, I get so much done the days where I make that conscious decision and Mm -hmm. give myself that no answer. Yeah. Well, no answer to the social media. And then an instruction of what to do Mm -hmm. is really what you're doing. And this is super powerful. And, and this affects your relationship and your bond with Clara and with your husband and with your teachers and your peers and the people you're working with. So you're making connections when you are a little bit zoned out or you started in a passive state, do you know all your connections throughout the day suffer? Your relationships ultimately suffer because the bond does not become as deep. Makes sense. Yeah. It's really, people don't recognize that. They think they can go from one thing like, oh, I'm going to sit and play this game and I'm going to just be on my game. And then boom, I'm going to have these meaningful interactions with people right after. (laughs) And and then they wonder why it didn't really work out that way. Or maybe they think that's as meaningful as it can get. But in the end, their people are suffering and their relationships are suffering so much because everything is prefaced with this digital media stimulation. And quite Mm -hmm. frankly, it leads to addiction. And how to know if it's an addiction is if you're thinking about it, when it's not the time to use it. If you're thinking, what am I going to watch next? What am I going to watch tonight? I wonder what's happening on social media. 
I'm bored. What's on my phone? Or I'm bored. What's on mom's phone? Or I wonder if anyone has texted me back yet. Okay. These are all signs that you have a habit that either is already at addiction stage or is leading toward addiction stage. It has taken over your thought processes, which means that you are being steered now by a craving. Okay. In your brain, which is a whole different type of chemical function in the brain. And it puts your directors in the brain out of whack so that now you're going to have a harder time solving problems, connecting to people and being productive in general. And this creates frustration with yourself and with your life. You wonder why you can't get anything done. Now for children whose parents take care of everything, they don't see the same level of frustration all the time. Yeah. Which really does mean that one of the best things we can do as parents is make sure that we have a productive life with our children so that they recognize when things are going bad. So in our family, we're always very productive, working all the day, um, homeschooling, doing yard work, doing community service, traveling, doing all kinds of different things as a family and always engaged with each other and with other people, neighbors and, and people around us. And it was interesting. I remember when Quinn went off on his own and Paige, you had the same experience. And all of a sudden you've got your own device. You're governing yourself Our with the freedom. Device. Yeah. Well, right. You're, you're <laughs> in charge of yourself. And, and so now both of you hit this point where you're like, whoa, I am using this thing too much. Yeah. Well, cause we're like, what? There's no more like limits anymore. And so we actually started drowning for a minute and we're like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Well, we can't do this anymore. You, because I made the worst mistake ever. I allowed you to buy a phone when you were out of the country, visiting, <laughs> living with somebody else. And I couldn't be there to help you step through it. I never made that mistake again. And Quinn didn't get his own device until actually after that. So, um, Anyway, because he he was on a mission at that time for our church. And so and he didn't have a phone when he was there doing that. And so anyway, you were kind of the first one that had one of your own that wasn't the kid phone that could do all the smart things. And it sucked you under. Yeah, it did. And took me a minute to get out of it. But then you actually said to yourself, wait a second, what has happened to my life? How come I'm not productive? How come I'm spending so much time on this? I I think I need to change my life. And Quinn kind of went through the same thing where he said, you know what? I am spending too much time on that thing. Like I, I have got to not like, I'm sorry. I cannot be on that as much. So both of you had times where you were drawn toward it more than you should have been. And then you stepped back and you know, what's really interesting is that London and Porter both saw you guys do that. They saw you, especially Paige get sucked into it and they were bugged by it because you'd mm-hmm. come home from college and they're like, she's so like just in the device. And it's like, we're not even there, you know? And I'm like, yeah, interesting. Isn't it? And they're like, that's horrible. And they <laughs> hated it. They like really hated it. And so they were like, I'm never doing that. And they haven't, they've both been really good with their devices. They don't, they never have. And so I find that very, very interesting. So poor, poor Paige, you were the pancake child on the own smartphone (laughs) thing. And first scoop of cake, you know, first messy pancake. I know. I thought that you were, were ready to, to do it. You really, you really wanted to go that direction. I'm like, she's living out of the country, you know, by herself. She's doing all these mature things. She does so many things. And some of your maturity actually kind of got damaged with that device. Yeah. I mean, there are probably some extra things that could have happened there, 
But I mean, you know, what's done is done. And I think a lot of parents feel that way too. You know, obviously I've worked out of it, you know? Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh no, is she ever going to text me back? Like literally that. (laughs) That's Like, yeah, it must be your text time of the day. My phone's in the other room. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, a lot of parents feel that way too. They're like, oh crap. You know, what did I do? And how do I get out of it? How do I fix things? And so that's kind of what we wanted to address with this podcast, you know, helping people with their relationships and helping their kids get out of these selfish entitled funks that they're in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And how to really be deliberate in moving forward with devices and with helping the children understand either this device is going to control you or you're going to control it. Yeah. And truly one of the biggest things was I actually did not let you guys have your own devices, like especially a smartphone or something like that until you were college age or in college and showing that you were governing yourself all the time. And then it was time for that. So we had the kid phone, which was a little flip phone thing for when you guys were like 16 and driving and getting jobs. And so we need, still needed to communicate with you, but you didn't need data and you didn't need all the fancy bells and whistles and you didn't need it to be yours. Right. And so we, we kept that boundary for you. And, and I'm glad we held off that long because then you knew when there was a problem, you know, you knew. Um, ideally we work you into it a little bit better. And with London and Porter, we definitely worked them into it a lot better just because we had seen a few of the mistakes that had happened with you. And then Quinn, he did get it later, um, as well, but, but we didn't have as much work him into it time because he'd already been away from our home for two years. So that, that was a different thing that happened there too. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but, um, Overall, I mean, you guys have all done fabulous at at governing yourselves with devices. And really, we're just very happy that we haven't gotten sucked into addictions and (laughs) and, or habits and not noticed like, oops, I'm developing a habit that's not healthy. Right. Right. Because I mean, we can't say that we haven't necessarily got sucked in my first semester of college. I cannot say that. But (laughs) no, that was not a shining moment for you. I know your first semester when you weren't doing it at home, when you all of a sudden. Right. Right. You got got into the the life there a little bit. I got my Netflix account and oof, my grades went, went down the pooper. It went a so, little crazy. <laughs> yeah, that can happen to some people. It's, <laughs> it's, but because of the different things that we had and the skills that we were raised on, I was able to see, okay, you know, be able to analyze the problem and have the self-government needed, needed to step back and give myself some boundaries and limits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So people consider lots of options as they're trying to conquer a media addiction page. What are some of the things that they consider? So some of the things that I've heard people try that, like, well, you know, we've tried to do a weaning process, you know, to take some off bit by bit. And uh, we've also like tried to go cold Turkey. Um, so those are a few so people try options. to set the goals where they say, okay, we're only going to have this many hours of media per day or per week or whatever. Mm-hmm. I had a mother recently tell me, she's like, Nicolene, our goal is to get to four hours of media a day. 
and they're they're dropping from like nine i think and i'm like wow and she's like i know that sounds awful to you nicolene but that would be huge for us and so she's trying the weaning process but it's getting it's very hard Mm -hmm. it's very very hard to do this weaning process and people because their children are so wired on the media it's like a drug right and they're so addicted because of this uh dopamine that comes into the brain because of the the media stimulation the dopamine hits happen regularly um the chi- they're afraid that the child if it goes off the dopamine drug um that's happening within the brain that the child will become depressed anxious um you know all these kinds of things even suicidal if for some reason they pull away so all the more reason here's my plug for get it under control when they're young if you can okay if if you are already past that stage fine we'll help you there but if you can if they are young it doesn't matter if they cry and whine and whatever crying never killed anyone <laughs> crying never killed anyone. So please remember that you can help them through it. They can learn that they can be okay without it. And they might have to have a few days of crying. For yeah, that that's to part of the withdrawal symptoms. It is, it is. And you have to say it never crying, never killed anybody. They are showing me with this behavior right now that this is the best thing I could be doing because it is making them that dependent. Yeah. And so we have to keep that in mind. We have, so if we can rein it in when they're young, all the better, it is ideal to actually, um, just remove completely. So if we're going to talk about what works and what doesn't work, removing completely is actually the best solution. And I know a lot of people do not think that sounds like the best. They, they feel like their children will just like animal house. They'll just take over and everybody, (laughs) you know, and it's going to go crazy, but, um, it is the best. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Okay. So the reason why it's the best is because the person gets the opportunity to experience something else completely. They get to experience their brain off the drug completely. Okay. So we have to understand cravings. We have to understand addictions. When you are addicted to something, let's say you are addicted to meth. Okay. I've never been addicted to meth, but let's just say someone's addicted to meth. That's a pretty hard addiction. So if you said, you know, you're having a problem with meth, How about we just do meth after dinner, but like we don't do meth for the rest of the day. And then probably you'll be able to keep your meth under control and you won't feel addicted anymore. Do you think that's going to work Paige? No, not really. No, because the meth causes a reaction in the brain that then makes your brain go into a craving mode and it's going to take how long to get out of it. So if I just do my drug after dinner, I'm now thinking of when is it dinner? And when is it after dinner? When is it dinner? And when is it after dinner? The whole time. That is huge. That is how you know you have an addiction. Same thing with food. If you're thinking all the time, like, when do I get to eat this food? When do I get to eat this food? When, when can I have this next food again? You know, and then you have a food addiction and you have to fix it. If you're, if you're constantly thinking sugar, sugar, I need something that's more sugar. When can I have sugar again? Have I had sugar today? Can I have more sugar today? When, how much is it too much sugar? If you are constantly thinking about sugar, then you have a sugar addiction. If you're constantly thinking about your game, then you have a game addiction. One of the best things you can do is go off sugar or go off the game. Don't go off food. That one's harder. Um, <laughs> but that one has just has to be modified. <laughs> however, however, as a person who has done a lot of work on food this last year, um, I will say 
that if you scale your food back to the basic, basic, which is what I had to do. I went through a huge cleanse that lasted for a month and a half. You go through a huge cleanse where you're like, I'm eating one food and it's only this. I will eat this one chicken breast and this one pile of lettuce, no dressing, no mixed vegetable on it, nothing, just lettuce and chicken breast. Boom. That's my meal. And everything is so plain. I mean, I should, you get salt and pepper, you know, but it's not like, you know, and maybe a little Cajun seasoning, you know, but like that was, uh, there weren't a ton of flavors except for the basic flavor of the food. And, and I got my body to recognize this is what you need to live. It's the calories that you need. It's not the flavors that you need. You need X amount of calories, X amount of quality of food, and then that's it. And if you get that, then you're great. So that's, so anyway, that's food. Okay. Um, so, so let's talk about, um, you know, what we need to do then when we're handling an addiction, we've got to set clear boundaries. Okay. This is super important. So what you're going to do is you're going to say, we are going on a media fast for a week, or we are going on a media fast for a month, or, you know what, we're going off media entirely until the family has replaced that with something else. And I hope that what you pick to replace it with is a bond because Mm -hmm. that is the only thing that truly replaces addiction. So if you are going to replace the game, time or the social media time or the movie night time, it has to be replaced with conversations, game playing, connections, tickle wars, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Something I was telling the mothers, I'm like, okay, you know, this, this is fine and all do a media fast, but make sure that you are armed with a list of things to do instead so that you do not cave. Yeah, definitely. But also just recognizing that when you connect to another person, like you hug another person, you tickle and laugh with another another person, you discuss with another person, guess what happens? There's a whole other chemical that comes into your brain. And this other chemical feels comfortable and warm. It's like oxytocin. It's this love. It's like, I'm appreciated. I'm loved. I'm cared for. And this oxytocin is more powerful than dopamine, which is why some people will stop a gaming addiction long enough to find a girl to marry. And then they get back to it because, because oxytocin is so powerful. So if you can connect to the children and they can develop a love for that bonding, that oxytocin, then that can be the thing that they work toward instead of the next hit of the dopamine. So um, replacing with other things to do, super important. So this is how I would roll this out, okay? If your child is teeny tiny, then you're gonna explain you know, that, oh, we've had too much and we're going to remove it. Like I did with Quinn and they're going to be a little frustrated for a few days, but it's not going to last long because one day for them feels like a week for you. And so then all of a sudden it's fine. And so it's not going to be as bad as you might think. And you have to make sure they stay away from grandmas and grandpas that are going to hand them a phone or a device or whatever. And you're going to put all the devices away and they, they don't get to have just immediate access to any of those things. So that's what you're going to do. Put, put passwords on everything, even the TV, you know, all of it. Um, and then if they're older, uh, do the same. But in this case, you're going to start out before you go through the plan. You're going to have a little parent counseling session with them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to do a really great parent counseling session, be sure to learn how to do that in Parenting a House United, the book, or learn how to do that in the TSG parenting course, 
or any of the trainings that we do. So that's an important skill, but you're going to have a special parent counseling session with your son or daughter, and you're going to talk about their personal vision and where, what they want to, how productive they want to be, what they want to accomplish, what type of a person they want to be in their days. So what they want their days to feel like and how engaging they want to be. So do a little bit of dreaming. And then you're going to say, okay, well, let's look at how we structure our day and how we do our time and see what we can adjust to make sure that we have that. Right. And so now you've got a reason to make a change. So now you're going to make a change and you're going to say, you know what? I think we've got to take a break from, from media, you know, Porter and I just the other night, we were talking about things to do. And I'm like, Porter, we got to stay away from the TV. We got to stay away because we've watched it a few days in a row. It's too many days. And, and we've got, uh, he's like, yeah, we do. And he like totally agreed because he was like, yeah, you know, once you watch the, the TV a few days in a row, you start feeling like you're addicted, you know? And so anyway, um, and we did all kinds of other things, played games and organized stuff. And, and it was awesome. It was awesome. So, so anyway, you guys like doing some remodeling projects. So you probably went ahead and got a head start on that. Oh, we did. That's what we packed boxes full of books uh, the whole <laughs> night long. Totally what we did. Anyway, so you got to plan what it's going to look like. We're going to not have media until who knows when, until we get to this point or in, for this many days or whatever it is. And then we're going to have a, a reward at the end. You know, we're going to have a special family, whatever. But you also should talk to them about addiction, what it does to them, how to recognize cravings, what those cravings feel like, the thoughts that they get when they have a craving. So they know that they truly are experiencing true addiction, which is going to be big. Then yeah. you're going to talk to them about skills. Now, hopefully if you are a TSG family already, you have taught them certain skills. So you've taught them the four basic skills. They also know the five teaching styles that you're using with your family. So I'm just going to mention a few of those, but in order to conquer addiction, you need to learn how to accept a no answer because you're going to have to give yourself a no answer. Just like Paige was talking about for herself. She's got to give herself a no answer about the phone in the morning. And then she's got to give herself an instruction about what to do instead. And she's got to follow through with that instruction. And you know what, if she falters, she has to correct herself. So how do you do a correction and not tear yourself down? Do you know, there's a lot of people who thinks any correction is meant to tear somebody down. That is not true. Yeah. It is no, only in fact, meant to teach yourself. That's something that, um, you know, someone really close to me has struggled with. They, every time they get a correction, they mentally go inside themselves and think, oh my gosh, I'm such a terrible person. You know, why did I have to do that? Yeah. Which, which means that they don't understand how that corrections are really meant to self-motivate and self-teach mm -hmm. if you do them yourself, or if somebody else is doing them to motivate and teach, to help you recognize, motivate and teach. Right. So anyway, that's what you do. Oh, that's really the process. Give yourself a no answer Define your boundaries. Give yourself a no answer. Give yourself instructions of what to do instead. Correct yourself. And then comes the key part, follow-up. So you have to have follow-up meetings. How am I doing? So then you come back to a report person and you say, okay, so this is what happened this week, or this is what's happened today. I mean, I don't know how often you have to follow up. If it's a sexual addiction, you might be talking about every single day. We're talking about media addictions here. So you probably could do once a week. And that would probably be ample for most people. If it's really, really bad and you feel like the child needs that phone for whatever reason, then you might have to be following up um, every single day for that. If for some reason they have to have it for any, you know, really important reason. And really, if you do feel like, you know what, they have to have it. We're in a divorce situation. The other, the other says they have to have a cousin, whatever, you know, those things can happen. 
then I highly recommend, in fact, even if you're not in those situations, but I highly recommend uh, listening to my one day event that I did. It was a couple of years ago called Parenting in a Tech Sexual World. I gave some specific skill sets that you can use to conquer media addiction and how to handle working through your, your media time so that it does not capture you and take you in and so that you're hostage. And so definitely for yourself and for your children, go ahead and go to parenting in a tech sexual world. It's going to be super helpful. And that's at teachingselfgovernment.com. Yeah. And something that I recommend for a lot of people is as they're doing this, you know, whether they do like a whole media fast is set a positive motivation for you know, you and your kids, because when you go on a fast like that, that's setting a goal, you know, you're like, okay, we're going to do this for this long, but there, for a lot of people, you have to have a motivation there. So usually for me, you know, great motivation for me is ice cream. Ice cream party is fantastic, but, (laughs) but you know, that might not be the same for other people, but for me, that's a, that's an amazing positive motivation that, you know, I'm going to be able to go buy my favorite ice cream and have a nice big cup of it you know, at the end of this goal, when I reach this goal, but if I don't reach the goal, then, you know, I won't be able to have that. And so that is also something that's really powerful for those goal setting. Honestly, positive motivations, positive consequences, they, they teach a lot. Sometimes they even teach more than negative consequences do. So we absolutely can't remember that or can't forget that actually, (laughs) uh, Paige, thank you for bringing that to our memory so that we can remember that. Um, keep in mind that connection is always more motivating than stuff, even if they say it isn't. Okay. So when you're saying we're going to get away from all this stuff that we're too connected to, whether it's chocolate or media or what, (laughs) okay. And they say, no, mom, that's, it's not going to make any difference. This isn't going to work. It's just going to make it worse. Don't believe it. Okay. They need the connection to the people. You've got to put your emphasis there. And when you do, everything will change. They have to have an experience with things the other way for them to notice a problem for the future. Just like Paige was talking about with her little bumps that she had as she hit adulthood and that her brother and sister saw and decided they didn't want to have the same bumps for themselves. So it really is eye-opening to be able to break away completely from the media for the time so that you can evaluate what happened, which does bring me to another point. And that is when you're having this fast, talk about how awesome it is, you know, just say, you guys, this has been so much fun. Have you noticed how, how the bonding, have you noticed all the laughs? Have you noticed how different this feels than usual? It's so awesome when we're off media. That helps them with their analyzation skills. In fact, that's, that's a tip that I gave uh, a mom just recently is, you know, help them understand and recognize the benefits that are coming from giving up this thing that they thought they needed so much, you know, Mm -hmm. and help them recognize, Hey, do you, do you see how normally you guys would be fighting here, but you guys are actually talking it out and it's looking wonderful, like help them develop their prefrontal cortex, you know, help them analyze you guys, you did that with us and we all became, well, at least I can speak for myself. I became, you know, more of a natural analyzer, I think, Mm -hmm. which is why I was able to catch myself, um, you know, in different bad habits and things when I got older and was on my own. 
That's a super good point, Paige. And really that analysis comes with looking for what you're going to praise, describing what's going right, describing what's going wrong, instead of reacting to everything and focusing Mm -hmm. on the emotion. And so thinking in terms of those descriptions, oh, wow, you can learn so many more things about that. If you just learn the five teaching styles and some of the four basic skills and some of those principles of self-government that really can be a foundation for a good family culture. So I hope you will check those things out at teachingselfgovernment.com. And thank you so much for joining us on this podcast as we have been talking about media addictions. Until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.